Hello there. Don't have a good day. Have a great day. Talk to me, Goose. Restless. You steal the Declaration of Independence. Why so serious? Well, I could do this all day. Are you watching closely? Welcome, everyone, to episode zero of the One-Eyed Film Podcast. I'm your host, Seth Mosberg. Thank you for listening to this episode first, as you were either instructed by my future self to do so, or you were just a type of person who listens to episode zero first, because that's where it comes before the others. What I want to do with first in this intro episode is to explain the title of the podcast and what we hope to achieve doing this. The title, One-Eyed Film Podcast, is inspired by Matthew 529, which says, If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away, for it is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body be thrown into hell. In this section of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus instructs us to be discerning with our lives and with what we consume, always being aware of what we are allowing to affect our minds, and more importantly, our hearts. With Jesus' example, it's not bad to tear out your eye, as it reveals that you understand what is unhealthy for you, and getting rid of it shows good, godly discernment. In this world of mindless entertainment, we want to be the discerning ones, the ones who will live with purpose, the ones who understand and reason with what we view on the big silver screen. Or as Jesus would put it, the ones who are to be shrewd as serpents and innocent as doves from Matthew 10:16. What I want to do with this episode zero is to preface all future episodes and define some terms, explaining my position and setting some ground rules for how we will approach things, because this is a very touchy subject among the body of Christ. I want to be plain and simple with my beliefs and the beliefs of my co-hosts so there is no confusion. Some of the stuff I say in this episode will be objective. Some of it will be my interpretation of things. Oh, Seth, why should we listen to you for your interpretation of movies? You have no authority in this matter. Yes, you're right. So let's talk about that. I'm just a 21-year-old movie buff. My dad's not Steven Spielberg. I'm not related to Arnold Schwarzenegger. There's nothing giving me a soapbox to stand on and talk about what I believe about movies and expect you to take it as truth. Most of what I talk about will be my opinions or beliefs in order to spur on further conversation and discussion among the community and listeners of the One-Eyed Film Podcast. Same with my co-hosts. We're not experts, we're just nerds who are using this podcast as an outlet to talk about our favorite movies. So how's this going to work? Each episode, we'll cover a movie or topic that a guest host and I will discuss. We'll talk about the pros and cons of the movie, what lessons we can learn from it, talk story, filmmaking techniques, things we really liked or didn't like about it. For a topical episode, we may cover a few related movies or reference a movie briefly that ties into our conversation. Let me make this clear. Just because we talk about or reference a certain movie doesn't mean you need to see it. We do not want to make you watch anything you don't want to. We just want to be initiators of conversation. When we say that a movie is good, we often mean it was well made, not that we endorse everything in it. If I say Top Gun Maverick is the best movie of 2022, that doesn't mean I endorse everything within the movie, such as the short bedroom scene with Pete and Penny or all the swearing. If something like that is a deal breaker for you, please don't watch the movie. Or, let's say if you feel convicted about excessive superhero fighting and superpowered characters beating each other into the pavement, please don't feel the need to continue with the movie. Those decisions are yours. We cannot make them for you. Please understand your limits, obey your conscience, and set a standard for what you consume. In fact, that will be an ongoing theme throughout this podcast, that of discernment and insight into your own conscience. With that said, I do not want to be a stumbling block for any fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. Romans 14 talks about this as Paul discusses the gray areas of faith. It's obvious that there are many things the Bible does not talk about directly, movies being one of them. But by reading passages such as Romans 14, we can better understand how to approach these gray areas. In verse 14, Paul says, I know and am persuaded in the Lord Jesus Christ that nothing is unclean in itself, 
but it is unclean for anyone who thinks it is unclean. Through the freedom that we find in the new covenant through Christ, we are free to do whatever we want, even though it's not all good for us, from 1 Corinthians 10.23. With movies being an obvious gray area in the Christian life that it doesn't talk about in the Bible, it's clear that it is not ungodly, or as Paul says, unclean, to watch movies. But just because it's not unclean doesn't mean it's all good for us. Now, I want you to hear this. There are good movies. There are good movies with bad moments. There are bad movies with good moments. And there are bad movies. Picture it as a spectrum with those points running left to right. Maybe I'll make a graph of that and post it on our Instagram page for reference. But there are movies that are objectively not okay for a Christian to watch, like spiritual horror or graphically violent films. For most movies, it is up to the individual whether or not they watch a certain film. And we here at the One-Eyed Team want to respect that. Romans 14.6 says, And the one who eats does so with regard to the Lord, for he gives thanks to God. And the one who does not eat, it is for the Lord that he does not eat, and he gives thanks to God. To me, this is clear evidence that the gray areas of our life can be different, yet neither is wrong. Forget movies for a sec. We judge others way too quickly these days, mostly from a place of pride, thinking we know more or we know better. This verse makes it clear that if it is not a moral issue laid out in the Bible as right or wrong, it is up to the individual and their conscience to determine how they deal with an issue, in this case, what movies to watch or avoid. Please make these decisions for yourself. What we say may indeed guide you, but it's a decision between you and God. Let's talk about the theology of movies, or better yet, what role do movies play in our society? Movies have been pivotal in our entertainment for the last hundred years, and the evolution of film has been astounding to watch as it has grown, especially in the last 40 years with the creation and progression of computers. But as society has developed, our reliance on films has become unhealthy, to the point of an average home spending upwards of $50 a month for five different streaming services and half a dozen trips to the movie theater in a month to see the latest blockbuster without even considering what they're watching. And as a Christian, that bothers me. From a young age, my dad would have a, my family talk a little bit about each movie after we watched it so that we understood the greater themes presented. Many people will watch a movie in order to turn off their brain for two hours, not realizing all the garbage they've just consumed, which in turn affects the way they live. This is why many Christians, especially the older generation, have such an aversion to movies in Hollywood. There's a lot of garbage in movies these days. A lot of garbage. But just because there are elements being portrayed that we don't agree with, doesn't mean we should throw the baby out with the bathwater. Like I said, there are good movies with bad moments and bad movies with good moments. We don't shun paintings of St. George killing a dragon because it's violent or Michelangelo's sculpture because of nudity. As we consider those pieces art, filmmaking is also an art, and movies often portray elements that are on their own concerning, but are often necessary to the story depending on the movie. The three main elements I'll touch on is violence, language, and sex. Interestingly enough, there's a site called Kids in Mind that, who rate their movies on these three elements. It's a great tool, I'll link it below. However, I might note that my suggestions here and how I approach these three elements are really aimed at mature adults who are watching movies for themselves or with friends. This is not what I would suggest for a parent wondering what movies to show their 12-year-old. Children and teens' brains are ever-developing, and parents need to decide what they are responsible for showing their kids. This discussion, and this podcast for that matter, is geared toward discerning, aware, mature teens and adults. But on the topic of violence, take for example the fight scene in Captain America the Winter Soldier, or any superhero fight scene, that one's just my favorite, where Cap and Bucky are throwing hands in the street. If we were to take the action of violence and the desire to hurt or kill your opponent, outside of self-defense of course, out of context, then yes, this isn't Christ-like. 
but in the context of the movie, it is necessary to progress the story, since at the end of the fight, Steve finds out the Winter Soldier is his friend from the 40s. Spoiler warning in case any of you haven't seen that one. It wouldn't have gone the same if they had talked it out without the violence. From a filmmaking standpoint, it's also a great feat of choreography, as these actors had to learn the fight for the show. That's an art in and of itself. Another level of violence to talk about is war violence or realistic violence. Most of the time, war movies are not showing gore for any other sake than just to show the terrible reality of war. Movies like Saving Private Ryan, Hacksaw Ridge, 13 Hours, they're very brutal films that are inspired by true stories, with filmmakers bringing them to life through movie magic. And even the incredible movie that was a huge talking point among Christians, as the one rated R movie we're allowed to watch, ooh, The Passion of the Christ, portrays the horrific and brutal crucifixion of our Lord, not to promote violence or revel in the gore, but for the sake of describing even a fraction of the pain that he experienced in the most pivotal moment in human history. Often you don't start one of these movies if you have a weak stomach because you understand what you're going to see. These movies are not gory for the fun of it, but instead for emotion, for heartbreak, for the story. Language is a big one. I say that when all three of these are big ones. Studios are all about the language in their films since it's the one thing that usually makes or breaks PG-13 or R rating. Sometimes they embrace it and break records like Wolf of Wall Street, claiming the most F-bombs in a movie. Foul language is a tough one. Because not only is it so prevalent in movies, it's prevalent in our culture. So how big of a deal is it actually? Well, it's up to you. This is one of those uh, decisions you need to make with your conscience. For me, I worked in a restaurant where cursing was so regular that I just had to deal with it. I couldn't afford to get offended every time someone took God's name in vain or chose to use a completely unnecessary vulgar word. It's not within my control to change something like that, just as it is with movies. For me, I learned to filter it out and not let it affect the way I talk. Not so with everyone, I understand. Tools like VidAngel exist if you want to filter out all the language, but VidAngel doesn't work for you at work or online. We are not responsible for others' actions, and if others choose to swear, that's on them. If we hear a vulgar word in a movie, we can be super offended by it. Or we can un understand that it's not a word we choose to use and move on and enjoy the rest of the movie. It doesn't need to be a make or break. Again, these are... Suggestions for mature adults and teens. We should not be presenting children with the ability to discern because they have not learned the art of discernment yet. They are actively learning what is right and wrong, and that's the job of parents. Yet, if we place our child in a movie with very vulgar language, they cannot discern yet what is right and wrong and what they can and cannot use. If you're interested at all at us doing an episode on what movies we should let children watch, let us know. Maybe we'll do that in the future. Now for the big S word that so many teenagers are afraid of saying. In my opinion, sex scenes in movies should not be watched as it borderlines as porn. This is a situation where it is black and white, clearly laid out in scripture. Jesus said in Matthew 5.28 that anyone who looks at someone lustfully has sin. It is almost impossible to watch a sexy scene without lusting. That's the whole point of its inclusion in the movie. If it's necessary to the story, we don't need to see anything more than a suggestive shot of a couple going into a room and shutting the door. We don't need to endorse it, but we definitely don't need to see it. A great movie that does this is Priceless. That's the name, Priceless, by the band for King and Country. They made a whole movie about sex trafficking, but didn't show any of the details as it would be immoral and undermine the whole point of the film. The themes of the movie were still very heavy and serious, but the way they portrayed it was wise so that no one would fall into the sin of lust while watching the movie. Using clues to suggest what happened off screen worked for that film, and in a perfect world, that's how all movies should be. But as I'm not the director of these movies, I can't just make that happen. So how do we deal with this? It's simple enough. You fast forward through the scenes. You don't need to watch it. You get what happens, just skip it. 
Or look at your friend next to you in the theater as you stare into each other's eyes, understanding the awkwardness of the situation. I say that from experience as we went to see where the crawdads sing with some friends, and we were not prepared for what came up. Okay, so that's fair enough for the explicit ones. How about the other things, like cleavage or suggestive imagery that you can't skip? Like, how do you watch Pirates of the Caribbean properly with all the low-cut dresses it features? My only answer? Carefully. Know your limits and where your line is, and understand why you are watching these movies. Are you watching those movies for pirates, sword fights, and big ships? Or simply as an excuse to look at low-cut dresses? Maybe it's as simple as taking an extra long look into your popcorn bowl during an uncomfortable scene, but it's up to you and how you can deal with these elements like these. There are many times these elements are used to an extent of praise rather than necessity. Examples would be Deadpool or John Wick, which are made specifically to be violent and gory, not for the sake of realism like war violence. Or Wolf of Wall Street, like I said before, to say the F word twice in a sentence, even though that movie is descriptive, not prescriptive. Or Fifty Shades of Grey, which is literally all about sex. These types of movies fall on the far right of the spectrum under bad movies, which I cannot recommend to anyone who doesn't have a firm grasp of their standards and faith. I must also point out that the Bible itself is R-rated. Yeah, the very word of God is not child safe. It contains brutal violence and death, atrocious sexual acts, and yet it is included in our most holy book. Simply put, there are stories that are descriptive, not prescriptive. Not everything in the Bible is to be taken as instruction for our lives. Judges is a narrative book, one of the most violent parts of biblical history, mostly because of the fierce, savage society that Israel was as they fell away from God before they had a king. But we don't read the story of Samson and determine that we have to go kill our greatest enemy with the power of God on our side to push over entire buildings. We know, we understand that that was a story from history that was written down for the purpose of giving glory to God, not to instruct us how to live our lives. In any case, whether a movie, book, or the word of God, understand and be discerning about where you're consuming. We can't live life in a hamster ball, only letting in anything we deem worthy and clean. Understand that we live in a sinful world, and we have to deal with sin every day, both ours and others. When it comes to movies, it's up to you to decide why you're watching a specific movie and for you to decide your level of tolerance. Do a little research beforehand, either with kids in mind or plugged in, both great tools for setting expectations for a movie. But the greater point to apply to your life is to live your life as a child of God. You cannot expect godly behavior from ungodly people. They do not have a standard of right and wrong that we do. When it comes to personal relationships, talk to them about it. Bring up disagreements with their lifestyle and lead them to the gospel in a way that is honorable to God. But for movies... The swearing, the violence, the suggestive scenes, they're here to stay. You do your part to mentally filter out anything that's not of God and don't seek it out. If you want some further personal study, look up Romans 12 to Philippians 1, 9 through 10 and Hebrews 5, 14. I'll also link some helpful articles in the show notes from Focus on the Families Plugged In, as well as one from gotquestions.org, another great resource for the Christian life in general. One book that I'll be taking heavy inspiration from is Hollywood Heroes by Frank Turek, an apologist and author of I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist. He's the founder of Cross-Examined, a great place to find resources for defending the faith. But just as I was beginning to formulate the foundations for this podcast, he released this book about finding gospel truths in popular superhero films. In Hollywood Heroes, he has great commentary on the characters of Iron Man, Darth Vader, Harry Potter, and others that I'll be referencing in their respective episodes. But he also discusses movies in general, and why Christians should watch them, and how we can watch with a purpose. Turk explains that as we find common ground with unbelievers to lead them into a conversation about the gospel, 
Movies can be that one common ground that is a good diving board into further questions. He brings up a discussion that the legendary J.R.R. Tolkien had with then-atheist C.S. Lewis. The two were good friends, Tolkien a Christian, Lewis not. Lewis was a lover of stories and enjoyed all the classic stories of old. Tolkien, as his friend, knew this and was quoted as saying to Lewis, You're so enthralled with fake myths of gods and miracles, why don't you believe the true myth of the Bible? Which in turn pushed Lewis to investigate Christianity and become one of the best theologians of the 20th century. But think about what Tolkien said. We love our protagonists. We love the tension leading up to the climax of a story. We love being amazed at incredible feats of movie magic. And yet so many people ignore the real stories of life-changing miracles, unbelievable underdogs, and stories that span generations, all recorded in a book written by men but spoken by the creator of the universe. The reason superhero movies are so popular, I believe, is because humanity has an unconscious yearning for a savior to come and rescue us from our struggle and fix all the problems with the world. That's the goal of a superhero, the whole reason Stan Lee created Iron Man, Bob Kane created Batman, and so many other iconic characters. And we take these characters that our culture knows so well and explain to our friends that there's a reason we feel good for seeing our favorite hero destroy evil and beat the bad guy. Because we all want something like that to exist. Some sort of hope for the eventual termination of evil. But plot twist that does exist. The person of Jesus Christ is the ultimate hero. Come to save the world from evil and to fix what was wrong. But unlike all the stories we watch on the silver screen, Jesus has no character flaws. He's real, and best of all, he's already declared victory over sin, and he's coming back to show the devil who's boss. The Apostle Paul and even Jesus used stories that were familiar to people in order to begin talking about the gospel. Jesus obviously used parables of his own making to convey bigger concepts to the common people. And at Mars Hill, Paul used the Athenian poets to make a point to the people of Athens about God's sovereignty. Our Savior and the greatest apostle to the Gentiles are recorded as finding these bridges to or common ground with unbelievers in order to communicate biblical truths. So for us, not only can we enjoy a movie that is well-crafted using modern technology to create a beautiful piece of art or to tell an incredibly organized story, but we can talk with our unbelieving friends about the often unintentional biblical themes that are quite evident because they reflect the reality of good and evil in our world. Movies are one of the easiest common grounds in our culture today, and it's almost a mistake not to learn how to use movies as a tool in our way of evangelizing. As Turek said, movies are cultural artifacts that create conversations. And as Christians, we need to be a part of those conversations so we can share biblical truths using simple stories that everyone understands. But let's talk about learning from movies. Sometimes there are straight up lines or directly addressed themes that are good and moral and we can learn from. I remember one of our family's favorite films when we were little was Robots. After watching it, my dad started using Big Weld's line from the movie, see a need, fill a need all around the house as a teaching point for us. Yes, my parents taught us how to do chores, but he used this movie line to push on us the initiative that it takes to just see something and do something, just like Rodney does in the movie. For us, that was, you know, the classic chores of cleaning up dishes, picking up our room when we saw it needed to be done, not when we were told to. Filmmakers, even if they're not Christian, can't help but put Christian themes in their movies because it resonates with us on a spiritual level, even if they don't acknowledge them. And then there are movies that we as Christians can get way more out of because we have a different outlook on life than others. A great example is The Chronicles of Narnia. Yeah, I know they were books first, but since three movies were made about them, I'm allowed to talk about them. Watching a movie like The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe may be very entertaining for an unbeliever. They may enjoy it and walk out of the theater feeling refreshed after watching a well-crafted movie. But a Christian watching it will understand the significance of Aslan's sacrifice, why the children are called sons of Adams and daughters of Eve, 
and the eventual defeat of the witch, the embodiment of evil in the story. All of that means more to us when we know C.S. Lewis wrote it as an allegory of the gospel that children and adults will be entertained by, both on its own standalone story aspects and an allegory that leads us into further conversation about the real account of Jesus' sacrifice and defeat of evil. My point is to watch movies not by turning your brain off and just consuming garbage. Actively watch and discern what is good and bad, what you can learn from it, and what you should forget about. Be purposeful, understanding, and cautious. Always aware of the positions you put yourself into and how to deal with it afterwards. With all of that said, this is what I, as a host of the One-Eyed Film Podcast, believe. My co-hosts, though they may not agree with everything that I do, understand my position and are free to bring opposing views during an episode to discuss. Thank you so much for listening to this introductory episode. I felt it was necessary to lay it all out there so there was no confusion. My hope is that we can get an episode out every week, though that's not a contractual promise that I will lose sleep over. Working about 60-hour weeks at the moment and scheduling with my co-host may not go as planned, so this is a very much a hobby-level adventure for us as, at this point. I'm so grateful you're here and enjoying what we're bringing to you. We have a bunch of ways you can get connected to the One-Eyed community, including our Discord and Instagram page, both of which are linked in the show notes. Follow and listen on Spotify, and please share this with your friends so we can grow our community. You're the best. I love you all. Peace.